So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important. Intergenerational community, support, encouragement, people to challenge your ideas, inspiring music, charming children, and delightful coffee during fellowship time. We can't give you any of that through a podcast, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or or perfect preachers, but we're your average pastor, helping our congregation through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working, or it's just the first week back at school and you're wiped out and sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you uh, receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not. I mean, we're always right. Of course. (laughs) We're always right. But we do encourage you to think about it, to question, to disagree, to figure out what you think. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So, Chris, I hope that everybody had already listened to your sermon on the, right before this. So go back to episode 61 <laughs> and listen to, uh, or just watch the three-minute video by Cheska Lee. Right. Um, which we'll put a link to in this on this page as well. Right. And, uh, and that will catch you up to where we are. Right. Sometimes in the lectionary we're given part of a of a section and they tell you but you could also do this part yeah it's like parenthetical like parenthetical and and chris chris kind of preached the parenthetical version the parenthetical part of the scripture last week mm-hmm. or and i preached all of it she preached the whole the big the, chunk the big chunk um my my lay readers love it when i hand when they see that they know they're going to read like 30, 30 verses. verses. Well, it's only, it's only 18 verses this time. It's 18 verses, but it took up a, you know, it took up a, it's a pretty big chunk. It takes some time. It takes some time. So the first section is Jesus, we're talking about with, with, with Chris's sermon, is this, Jesus is explaining to the crowd why he gave the answers he just gave to the Pharisees. Because mm-hmm. the Pharisees had come up to him, as we, we experience in a little, you know, saying, why aren't your disciples following all the rules? Right. And they were complaining about the disciples not washing their hands properly. Mm-hmm. The disciples in the gathered group are like, so how can you say that? Right? Like, yeah. like, how can you say that? And Jesus is saying, haven't you been listening to my parables? Haven't you been listening to what I've been saying? Haven't you? Haven't you? Haven't you? We keep going over this. Haven't you heard about the kingdom? Don't you understand what the kingdom of God is yet? Yeah, it's not a set of rituals it's or saying the right words. words. It's uh, it's about God. <laughs> and it's loving community showing it's loving up. community and all this thing, right? And so, um, and, and, and it has this passage. He says, it's not what comes into our bodies. It's what comes in, comes goes out through the sewer. Mm. But what comes from our hearts, what comes out of our bodies, what it comes out in our actions and our words, that's really important. And that's why why you how how we have been living, right? Like I think that's also he's been saying we've been living this, folks. Mm-hmm. Like obviously we haven't been washing our hands the exact proper way. We've been practicing this. You know, Jesus is also saying, you know, here the Pharisees have been bound by a bunch of rules, yeah, and the rules don't always serve them. 
right? The rules sometimes make life easier, but sometimes they make life, they, like they have to contort themselves to make this work. Right. And, um, and that, that, that while they, these rules might help us see in black and white or think we see in black and white who's in and who's out, the rules are actually creating a holy fence. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't use those words. But those are those are some of the ways that theologians talk about it, right? That, like Jesus is saying, we're, we're allowing this stuff to determine who's in and who's out of the kingdom of God. And that's actually not what we're about. And that's in opposition to what I'm trying to teach. And so there's this whole little section where he's doing this, right? And then the scripture goes on. It says, Jesus left this place and went and went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And in the process of that going somewhere else, Jesus has to live into what he just said. Jesus, yes, has to show the people his receipts, right? So he has to show up and say, yes, I, you know, so, so, and, and and I love this passage because of that. So, so he meets the Canaanite woman and the the story of the Canaanite woman is one of those places that makes um, those of us who have good, good intentions, very uncomfortable. Yeah, because Jesus doesn't get it right right away. Jesus doesn't get it right right away. And he's sort of insulting. And none of us want Jesus to be insulting. We want Jesus to be nice Nice. and tidy and neat. Right. So what happens is that this woman, she's identified as a Canaanite woman. Which is like saying a Viking showed up. (laughs) Like Canaanites were not around anymore, but they were like an enemy tribe. Yeah, they were like the other. They were clearly the other. They were not following the same rules. And she's a woman, and she 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 calls out to Jesus to heal her daughter who is possessed by a demon. And Jesus and and Jesus ignores her, right? First of all, none of us want Jesus to ignore us, right? Right? That's not the that's not the story, right? And and Jesus doesn't pay attention until the disciples are annoyed by her. Yeah, the disciples go, "Can you get her to be quiet? Yeah, can you send her away, please? Send her away, please." And he goes, "Ugh." And he turns to her and he says. I was sent only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Like, I wasn't sent for you, Canaanite woman. Yeah, who are not Jewish. Who are not Jewish, who are outside the box, who are outside the, you know, right? Um, and then she is insistent, and she comes and kneels before Jesus and says, um, help me. And Jesus, this is like the most insulting thing Jesus probably is recorded is, to have said. This is the part where Jesus curses. It's, yeah, he says it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. He calls her a B-I-T-C-H. Right? Just in case the children are in the car. We don't want right. to lose yeah, our yeah. non-explicit rating here. Right, right. But that's that it's an insult. And she she responds as he but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table. And it's like Jesus has this this shift. It's it's mission statement revision. Yes. Right? Like he had this clear mission statement, the lost sheep of Israel. Yeah, these are my people. This is my scope. scope. That's all I'm going to do. Because we have this interplay between these these two scenes, mm-hmm. we realize that Jesus has had, he said the words. And yeah. I don't know about yeah. you. Have you ever had that experience where you have yeah. said something and you then you had to the live sermon and, and then the next day the opportunity presents itself and you're like, dang it, dang it. What was I thinking? Right? Yeah. But that's exactly what happens here. Is that Jesus has says it, and he is he's leading his disciples down this road, and then he has to he has to join them. Yeah, and so he heals the daughter, and, and you know all that, right? And it pivots his whole mission. And it pivots the whole mission. So he goes immediately to a Gentile region of the area and starts to do work there instead of in these kind of mostly Jewish areas. Right. 
So on Sunday, having heard you at Bethel the night before, the uh, example that I could raise up easily on Sunday morning of, of this same kind of thing happening, you know, because this is where I want people to understand is that is that you think you're on the path and you've got it all set out and you know exactly how God is using you and yet there has to be opportunity for mission revision. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in light of current situations, right? Mm-hmm. When we begin to see on TV that something we th- that we could ha- easily ignore is not, you know, it does it serves no one to do that any longer, right? Except those who would want us to to do that. We need to mission revision. And the person that came up for me to talk about mission revision was John Wesley. Oh yeah, right. And I think you can see in many points of his life where he had a mission revision. Like, yeah, like, over and over again. Like, like I love the the play between, you know, how he was raised in his home with acts of, of piety mm-hmm. and how and how he thought that was the whole thing. Until his little brother. Until his little brother got him into a club when they started doing these crazy things like going into prisons. Yeah, and show us how to, t- how to live a Christian life. life. And, and all of a sudden there was Bible study and prayer and... Fasting and giving. Fasting and giving and serving, serving and showing up and, and, and advocating yeah. and and then how, you know, then he thinks, Oh, I'm just gonna be a I'm just gonna be a, you know, college professor type and a and a and a par- and a priest, right? Mm-hmm. And then he realizes that that does not fulfill the mission that he has been put before him. Right. And he goes, you know, and the, the wit- preaching on the street corners. George Whitfield. The, George Whitfield so saying Susan and I have stood on the on the street where this probably happened, happened. which wasn't wouldn't have been a street at the time. It's like an industrial park like in now. Bristol. Yeah, it's it's well, it's a it's a self storage place. <laughs> yeah, it's a self storage place, and and so and just kind of abandoned and like no traffic. We're standing right. in the middle of the street and we never got interrupted. But it used to be these fields where people were working. Right. And George Whitfield was a friend of Wesley's, and he said, yeah. you know, Wesley had just come back from trying to convert right. all of the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. And George Whitfield's, and, and it was a failed mission there. Right. And uh, For George a variety said, of reasons. And this is offensive language, obviously, but it was the language at the time. He said, you don't need to go to America to find savages. Come to Bristol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so John Wesley went to Bristol, and George Whitfield uh, said, come and, come and see how I preach. And he, he'd gone out to this field, and he was preaching for all these people who were workers who couldn't afford, you know, nice clothes or Sundays off or whatever yeah. to go to church. And thousands of people came. And at the end, he did what we sometimes do to each other. He said, and come back tomorrow and hear my friend John Wesley preach so right. that he couldn't say no. Right. Well, and then and then how it continued. It just when I think John got a little comfortable with how the way that God had pushed him mm-hmm. um, into advocacy and, and such, that he got pushed a little further, you know, like he tried to take people to have communion and they were denied. Yeah. Because of the, you know, not enough, they didn't look proper or whatever. And and he accidentally starts a, a denomination, yeah, or fifteen, yeah, um, yeah, um, because because you know it was okay to have preaching houses, but but you know the the line was offering sacrament, and right. he said no, the sacrament needs to be offered, yeah, and if you're not going to do it, I will. And over and over again, he said, I find this vulgar, but God is calling me to become more vulgar. Yeah. (laughs) I will submit myself to becoming more vulgar. And so he just kept making it more and more available to more and more people. Right. Throughout his whole career. His whole life. Yeah. So it's that mission statement revision. Like, and and if we look at, honestly, look at our lives, we're in the midst of that. Right. Um, And the other example I, I said is, you know, there's a hashtag for this now. Which is? Hashtag woke. (laughs) 
Well. Well. But, you know, I, you know. Let's not, let's not go off that one. <laughs> no, and I was very clear not to. But yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. But I said, you know, here's the, here's the idea, right? Like, yeah. when you know, when you know, when you, when you have the experience that you have said it out loud, you have to go live into it. Yeah. You cannot go back. Very like Mumford Sons awake my soul kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 like that kind of idea. And that when we when we try and live in places that say there's a fence, there's a holy fence here that you are outside of. Mm-hmm. We are on the wrong side of the fence. Yeah, <laughs> it's the difference between a holy fence and radical hospitality. Right. When tradition becomes a block for grace, for because you know we need to be thinking what's wrong here. We need to be you know. That, yeah. That's not the thing to hold on to. I brought up the quadrilateral again. So we can think about how we think. Yeah. Right? The reason and experience and tradition and scripture, that we, we put all that in the hopper. That that's the place that, that helps us create the kingdom of God. Here on earth, present with us. And are we going to be a part of the holy fence? Or are we going to be part of radical hospitality? Right. And how, that's um, that's where I left it. I said, how big is your God? How big is your God? What is it that, where's the mission revision, mission statement revision in your life or, you know, adjustment? Maybe it's not a complete, you know, but, but how, how are you going to live into that? How are you going to live into what being an ally? How are you going to live into being the person that God is calling you to be? Because God is calling you to be more. Mm-hmm. We're not, none of us are yet done. Yeah. And, and here we are. So that's why we left it. That's great. All right. Well, thanks for listening. To the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been talking about today, you can shoot us an email. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Sunday Morning Sleep In. You can find us on sundaymorningsleepin.com. Uh, the scripture for this podcast was Matthew 15, 10 to 28. And the music that you're listening to right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And here's the the thing we do at the end of every one of these podcasts. The blessing, the, Chris says, the holy words, the shiny, make you more shiny. The shiny objects. Um, uh, And sometimes it's homework. And I think the homework is um, to figure those things out. To go see where God is calling you and go there. Because God is calling you. Um, Especially in this time and for such a time as this. That we might not stay silent in the midst of things that need to be addressed. And that we might be allies, as Chris described. And that we might, just might live into what God has put upon our hearts. Go hop a fence. Go hop a fence.